A Blizzard of Backlash, Part 5, on bands, baselines, and belling cats. Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing partner of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today we have another episode in our Blizzard of Backlash series. And before we get started, if there's one thing I can say about this entire series, I don't think it's going to be the only set of videos we do throughout all of October. But if Activision Blizzard keeps up what they're doing, I'm not sure we can do different videos. Uh, every single day, they seem to have another action or activity or omission or statement that makes this story continue on. And if there's one saying that I've always held to in my public relations advising of clients or otherwise is you don't make a one-day story into a two-day story. You definitely don't make a one-day story now into a two-week story and potentially a two-month story given that BlizzCon is in November of next year. So this has been an interesting thing to watch as Blizzard continues and continues and continues to extend this story with things like the cancellation of the Overwatch launch event, with the story we're going to talk about today, which is about the ban of uh, an American University team of Hearthstone players that, in all honesty, looking at this from afar, looks certainly like they were trying to get a ban, right? That they were trying to specifically corner Blizzard in such a way as to force them to take the action that they had taken against Blitzchung because, in my imagination, I would, I would gather they are trying to expose Blizzard's hypocrisy to some extent. They thought that if they get banned, great, then Blizzard is on this road and they have to, they have to continue on this road and follow it to its natural conclusion. If they don't get banned, then they have an argument that Blizzard isn't treating everyone equally and that's its own kind of conversation. So I think this was done as a bit of a publicity stunt, which is fine. Uh, and we're going to talk in this video about how I think if this is an issue of concern for you, whether it's Hong Kong, whether it's politics and Hearthstone broadcasts, period, whether it's holding Blizzard's feet to the fire or something else, then this is a perfectly fine way to go about doing it. If you're on these streams and if you want to force Blizzard's hand, that's part and parcel to the conversation. Now, they seem to have set a certain amount of baseline as to how they are going to treat these incidents. We're going to talk about how their rules don't actually support that baseline in this video because that's of interest as well. They don't have the same sets of rules for their grandmasters tournaments and their university, their college tournaments. They don't have the same sets of rules. That's why when we talk about this issue, we're going to see that they quote a different rule than the one that they used against Blitzchung. And whenever you have that kind of ambiguity, whenever you have a rule set that differs between events, you are going to have problems enforcing them in a kind of even keeled way. And so if I'm Blizzard, one of the things I'm looking at is, do I need six sets of rules for the various different tournaments and the various different players that are participating in those tournaments? I would argue that you don't. But it's worth noting that the rule that they penalized Blitzchung under is significantly more powerful than the rule that they have penalized American University under. Let's take a look at the story. This is from Vice. They are the ones that broke it yesterday. Blizzard bans three college Hearthstone protesters for six months. The members of American University who held up a free Hong Kong boycott Blizz sign said they have no regrets. When they did this, at the time, nothing happened to American University team members Casey Chambers, Corwin Dark, and their third teammate who goes by the online handle, T Jammer. Blizzard cut away from the sign, and the casters assigned to the stream pretended like nothing happened. 
In the original incident, the one with Blitzchung, the casters hid under their desks during the protest, and Blizzard, even after taking time to reconsider, still rewarded those casters with a six-month ban. Now, let's take a step back from this incident for just a second. There are a couple things that have happened here. One, the actual sign says Free Hong Kong, which matches up with basically what Blitzchung had said, his position on Hong Kong and China relations. If you are going forward and trying to make sure that Blizzard isn't being hypocritical and is enforcing these bans in the way that they are claiming to from a purely viewpoint neutral stance, one thing that you might want to consider doing instead of saying free Hong Kong, which we know is something that they will penalize, is to potentially say something in favor of mainland China, whether that's one China, whether that's something in favor of the the regime there. Uh, The other option that you might have is to endorse something that Blizzard is positive about politically, but something that is potentially divisive. Remember, the rule that Blitzchung actually got penalized under was something that offends a portion of the public, which, as I pointed out in that video, is probably everything anyone could ever say. And if you were to hold Blizzard to the standard they have created here, which is essentially stick to the tournament, I would imagine that it would be very difficult for anyone to say anything about any topic other than I played hard out there, it feels good to win, if you are going to have a purely viewpoint neutral approach to anything that could offend a portion of the public. If you've been on Twitter, if you've been on the internet, you know that you can say the most innocuous thing about an omelet that you liked yesterday morning, and that can get its own set of criticisms from anybody that's following you or just wants to dive in and say how omelets are terrible, terrible terrible items of food. So I think if you are actually interested in kind of highlighting what Blizzard and what Activision Blizzard is doing here, if you are in a position like American University, probably you want to try some different messages. Probably you want to try to expose that this isn't a functional standard that they can actually use when they are going to have streams, when they are going to highlight personalities, when they are going to interview their players, because everybody says something sometime that is going to offend someone. But that's not really the end of the story here. That's just my kind of overall commentary when I look at this and I say, well, you probably want to have a different message. The second part of that is that you don't want to say boycott Blizzard. If there's one thing I think we can all probably sympathize with from a corporate standpoint, I know it's hard to sympathize with corporations sometimes, is that they probably don't have to broadcast statements that call for the boycott of their own products and services. I think we can all agree that if you were to start a company and you were to start a company that had a broadcast component, that you would feel within your rights to cut off and otherwise penalize people that use your broadcasting services to otherwise denigrate your company or call for the boycott of your goods and services. So you don't want to combine these two messages if the point is to highlight what Activision and Blizzard are doing wrong on the Blitzchung side of things, on the free Hong Kong side of things, wherever you might fall on any number of issues. You probably don't want to add that boycott Blizzard. If you're just trying to get boycott Blizzard boycotted, then absolutely. Put it up, accept your penalty, and go about your business. But if you're trying to highlight something else, you don't want to add that message to the other message that you are trying to highlight. Let's take a look at the actual rule that Blizzard claims was violated in this particular instance because it's what highlighted for me that this was something different from what happened to Blitzchung. So we've pulled up now the tweet from Casey Chambers, who is one of the penalized players at American University, and he actually copied the email that was sent to him from 
Blizzard onto Twitter. Now, I have an earlier video in virtual legality, which I highly recommend checking out, especially if you're interested in these kinds of things. But in general, you don't want to publicize emails that are sent to you on a confidential basis or that relate to business relationships. You just don't want to do it. There's a number of reasons. One, you don't want to be known for having broadcast what could otherwise be sensitive information from people. This is obviously something of a different issue in, in so far as it has a political bent to it. You want to publicize this because if you're at American University, that was the point of the steps that you took here. But there are instances where these things can be treated as confidential. There are instances where they can be treated as copyrighted. And you want to be cognizant of that. If you are going to do something like this, you might want to talk to a lawyer. You might want to consider the implications of publicizing what are emails sent to you uh, from another party. Doesn't mean you can't do it. Doesn't mean you can't send it to a journalistic outlet, something along those lines, or that you can't do this. I think it's very unlikely that they're going to be penalized for this, but it is something to be considered. So now here's the email that was sent to them. This is a notification that your conduct on the official broadcast for the Collegiate Hearthstone Championship on Tuesday, October 8th, so the day after we heard about the Blitzchung ban, violated Rule 7.1b of the Hearthstone Collegiate Championship Fall 2019 official rules, which we will pull up as part of this video. You'll note that is not 6.10, which is of the Grandmaster's rules, and that's the rule that, that Blitzchung violated. We're going to take a look at the differences there. We then have the next bit of language. We expect all players to follow the Hearthstone Collegiate Championship rules. Sure. Every voice matters at Blizzard, and we strongly encourage everyone in our community to share their viewpoints in the many places available to express themselves. However, the official broadcast needs to be about the game and the competition and to be a, be a place where all are welcome. Now, do you recognize that language? You should because it's exactly the same as the language they put in their statement about the Blitzchung ban. Here, I've highlighted it here. Every voice matters, and we strongly encourage everyone in our community to share their viewpoints in the many places available to express themselves. However, the official broadcast needs to be about the tournament and to be a place where all are welcome. In support of that, we want to keep the official channels focused on the game. Interesting that that last sentence got dropped off, but it's clear that they took this language from the statement they made about Blitzchung, and they are now applying it over to this particular issue with American University. Now, there's a couple things there. For one, they only came up with this standard after American University had taken the actions that they had taken. So there might be an issue just with that. But putting that aside, the fact of the matter remains that this is a different rule than what they penalized Blitzchung under. So this is a fine standard, but it's not a standard that's applied equally just based on the legal language of the contracts that these folks are entering into when they accept a handbook and when they accept the rules for their own tournaments. As a matter of fact, if we look here, you see here the violation is stated to be of 7.1b, sportsmanship and professionalism. Participants may not take any action or perform any gesture directed at another participant, TESPA admin, TESPA is the sponsor of the Collegiate Hearthstone, TESPA Inc., I believe it is, or any other party or incite others to do the same, which is abusive, insulting, mocking, or disruptive. Now, I looked at this and I said, that's a pretty poor fit for what happened here, right? You've got university students that hold up a sign that says, free Hong Kong, boycott Blizz. They may not take any action or perform any gesture. So this is an action. You're holding up a sign directed at another participant, TESPA admin, or any other party. Free Hong Kong and boycott Blizz isn't directed at anyone. It's a statement to the public. Now, you could argue, if you wanted to, that it's directed at everyone, 
And that's maybe an okay argument, but it's not really what this is designed to do. This is to incite others to do the same, which is abusive, insulting, mocking, or disruptive. It's obviously not abusive, insulting, or mocking. So it's it's held to a disruptive standard. And I don't think there's any disagreement that here it is in fact disruptive, but it's a very poor fit for the actual rule. And I said to myself, why is that? They don't have a better rule than that. For Blitzchung, they had a rule that said, at our discretion, anything that we find puts you into disrepute, we can take your money and enforce many more penalties against you. Is this really the highest level of standard that they have for their collegiate tournament? And the answer, as it turns out, is very illuminating. It is, in fact, not the only thing that they have to enforce against their collegiate championship rules uh, participants. So let's take a look at that. Here's their rules. Hearthstone Collegiate Champs version 1.0, fall 2019. We can go and we can take a look at what was actually uh, enforced here, which is 7.1b. Now, as an aside, as a lawyer, I look at how this is set up and it's got 7.1 up here and then it's got 1a and 1b down here. As a lawyer, I look at this and say, do you cite this as 7.1a as Blizzard did or do you cite it as 7.1.1.a? That's obviously apropos of nothing, but it's not the way I usually see these things set up and it's interesting to me. So we take a look at uh, 7.1b, as they have described it, and it says participants may not take any action or perform any gesture, all of the language that we've seen, basically focused on disruption. And this continues with you can't use obscene gestures or profanity in account names, player names, team handles, abbreviations, etc. This this rule is about respect. Uh, Participants shall treat all individuals watching or participating in a TESPA event with respect. This doesn't seem to be a respect issue. So again, I'm looking at this and I'm saying, okay, this is the only section on conduct. It is a far lesser section than the Grandmaster's section on conduct, which is way, way longer. We looked at it in an earlier video. But I also had to look at these other rules and see if anything else would fit better. And absolutely, something does fit better, which I thought was absolutely fascinating. Participants may not offend the dignity or integrity of a country, private person, or group of people through contemptuous or discriminatory words or actions on account of race, skin color, ethnic, national, or social origin, gender, language, religion, political opinion, financial status, birth, or any other status, sexual orientation, or any other reason. They have a rule on their books that says participants may not offend the dignity of a country based on their political opinion. This is the rule that says you can't advocate for political stances on their stream. And they didn't cite it. Now, isn't that an interesting thing? You're Blizzard. You're not silly enough to read through this whole rule and not know that 1C is a better fit than 1B. So how and why do you get to imposing 1B that you lacked respect and were disruptive instead of offending the dignity or integrity of a country? Integrity meaning, you know, uh, cohesion, right? Free Hong Kong is straight up a statement offending the integrity of a country and its dignity if you're uh, of that persuasion in respect of kind of one China and everything else. So why didn't you cite that? Why didn't you cite that you've got a rule that says you can't have a political opinion that offends the integrity of a country? And I think the answer to that is contained within the statements that Blizzard has simultaneous to this whole issue been making solely to their Chinese audience. So I've pulled up an IGN article from a couple of days after the Blitzchung ban happened. 
and I didn't bring this up in earlier videos because it doesn't directly relate to what Blizzard is doing, and it wasn't mentioned in the statement that they made late last Friday, and it says, Blizzard NetEase Chinese social media account takes China's side. Blizzard is under fire for punishing a professional Hearthstone player from Hong Kong over his support for the current Hong Kong protests. While Blizzard's English language blog post on the matter took a neutral tone on the decision, an official Chinese language response to the incident appears much more biased. Uh, IGN was able to independently translate the statement from Blizzard's official Hearthstone Weibo account, which reads, We express our strong indignation or resentment, translation will vary, and condemnation of the events that occurred in the Hearthstone Asia-Pacific competition last weekend and absolutely oppose the dissemination of personal political ideas during any events. The players involved will be banned, and the commentators involved will be immediately terminated from any official business. Also, we will protect our national dignity. We will protect our national dignity. So, I think if you're Blizzard, and you look at the rules that you have on your books, absolutely, you can cite 7.1c on this particular issue, and it is a better fit. It is a more obvious fit. It gives you a stronger argument for imposing the ban that you are imposing. You don't want to reference anything that dis discusses the dignity or integrity of a country based on political opinion because you don't want to talk about China and Hong Kong. When you say something is disruptive, that you can put aside. Yeah, you can't hold up political signs. You probably can't, and people should test this if they want to, you probably can't hold up a Donald Trump or Elizabeth Warren or Brexit or no Brexit sign on their streams as well. You probably can't. And based on this, you're probably going to have a baseline ban of six months. However, that six-month concept comes out of nowhere. Nowhere. So let's take a look at what they've actually got on their books. This is the collegiate rule set, right? Conduct. You can't do these things. In this, in this case, they're saying you can't be disrupted. That's really all they're saying. And then you go down and you say, all right, assessment of penalties, uh, disciplinary action, we will do whatever we want. Tournament administration will determine what your penalties are. But if we look at 9.2b, rule violations will be assessed by administration and will vary. Some examples being warnings, game losses, disqualification in direct relation to the severity of the offense and the number of offenses committed previously by the same team. Now that's all important because these are legal documents that are setting up the standards for the activity. When we look at the handbook, the 2019 Hearthstone Tournament Player Handbook, which is incorporated against all activities that take place in the broadcast as part of the Hearthstone Tournament. It isn't actually incorporated directly by reference. When we looked at the Blitzchung rule set, the Grandmaster rule set, they actually have a section in there that says, hey, we can penalize you based on this, as well as based on our website terms, as well as based on our handbook. The collegiate rules don't actually have those applications. And if I'm Blizzard, if I'm Blizzard Council, I am, one of the things I'm doing as part of this whole issue is I'm trying to unify all my rule sets. Because if this is going to be a continuing problem, and I think it might be, because I think American University wanted to go out there and, and point this out from Blizzard, maybe get some press on this, and I think others are going to want to do the same, then I want to unify my rule set because we can't have differing rules that we try to impose penalties on in the same fashion. And the reason is this. We look at the handbook right here. 
It says the 2019 Tournament Player Handbook governs aspects of all 2019 Hearthstone competitions organized by Blizzard and certain third parties, like the sponsor to the Collegiate Tournament. So this applies to everything. This is probably something that gets handed out or that is linked to in an email as part of the Hearthstone Tournament. This applies to everything. And if we go down to how they are actually supposed to impose penalties, we look at one of the things we talked about earlier in this video series, which is the concept of escalation. We've, we've pulled up now Section 7, Player Infractions and Penalties, and we see here that at the end of Section 7.1, it says, and we can look for it, that penalties in the same tournament for the same category of infractions escalate for each successive infraction. Tournament officials will use the following escalation path. Warning, game loss, match loss, disqualification for repeated infractions of the same category. Infraction escalations do not carry over from tournament to tournament. Said another way, you are supposed to, if you are administrating this tournament, say warning, then you lose the game, then you lose the match, then you're disqualified. And that is what you're supposed to use outside of a special circumstance. And if you've got a rule on the books, like say section 712 here in their handbook, they will also specifically point out when there is a different standard that is supposed to apply on the penalties. So we read this in respect of Blitzchung's infraction because this is the only thing that could be generally applied to what Blitzchung did. And we found that unsporting conduct here is, de is described in two different categories, minor or major. And major is mostly threats, threats of violence, theft, vandalism. Minor is anytime a player does something disruptive. Now, if you're keeping track at home, disruptive is the word that they applied to what American University did. When you do something disruptive, it's a minor unsporting, -like, uh, unsporting conduct penalty. And if they set a standard, that'll be an interesting thing. The initial penalty for this infraction is a warning. Now, these are legal documents. This is a legal document that American University could point to and say, here's what we did. Here's what you said we did. You said we violated this rule that, vi that bans things that are disruptive. Then the handbook applies. And this says that tournament administration is supposed to use an escalating standard and it's supposed to start with a warning. But you can't do that. You are trapped, Activision Blizzard. And that's the point of this video. That's the point of this discussion. You are trapped because the way the public sees this, the way the media sees this, is that these guys did the same thing that Blitzchung did. And if you don't penalize them the same, you are hypocrites. Whether or not you're racists or whether or not you are politicists or whatever you might apply to various political opinions is an open question because people aren't necessarily going to follow virtual legality. They aren't going to look at this and see two separate versions of the rules. When we go and we look at 6.10, which is what Blitzchung was penalized under, it doesn't have the same issues, even though I think it's poorly written, that the American University College rules do. 6.10 is this grand thing that is an umbrella rule that says engaging in any act in Blizzard's sole discretion that brings you into public disrepute, offends a portion of the public or otherwise damages Blizzard's image, will result in removal and reduction of your prizes in addition to anything else we can throw at you. That is a much stronger stance than don't do things that are disruptive and then look at the handbook and if you do do something disruptive, you're supposed to get a warning. That is the rules that Blizzard set forth and they cannot follow them because to do so would be a public relations disaster for them at this point. They have to try to be consistent, but the rules that they put forth themselves 
are not consistent. And that's a big, big problem in establishing baselines, both for how you're actually going to operate a company and how you're going to be legally compliant in that operation of the company. If you're not American University, which seems thrilled about getting banned from the Hearthstone tournament, this team does at least, if you're someone else that doesn't want to get banned, then you bring up all of this. You bring up the fact that the rules that you're operating under are completely different than the rules that Blitzchung is operating under. And we can have that conversation. Hey, maybe the Grandmasters should have a more stringent set of rules because they are the highest level of gameplay. And the collegiate students shouldn't have those rules because they aren't. And they're not physically located where Blizzard is, etc., etc. You can have those discussions, but you can't just say, hey, we're going to impose the same flat penalty because it looks good for us. Because that's not what your rules said. And so Blizzard is, and I'm sympathetic to this, but it's one of their own making, they are trapped. They are trapped between wanting to do something for a public relations reason, like they did with this ban on American University, and the rules that they set out themselves, where, in my opinion, they're probably disinclined to get in the business of actually banning everyone that wants to say anything that isn't directly Hearthstone-related on their broadcasts. And that leads us to the final point of this entire story, which is, they are definitely disinclined to do this every two minutes, right? We have this video series. We're on part five now because Blizzard keeps extending this story with new actions, with new statements, and that makes it worse for them. They don't want to be doing this. And so you get into this situation where if you want to force them to keep doing this, you want to force them to keep stepping on these rakes that are out there that they keep stepping on to keep violating their own rules in an effort to try to have some kind of public relations victory on this, you get into what is called a kind of belling the cat scenario, right? I love this scenario. This is based on an old, old fable, uh, I believe. Wikipedia defines it as such. The fable concerns a group of mice who debate plans to nullify the threat of a marauding cat. One of them proposes placing a bell around its neck so that they are warned of its approach. It's a great idea, right? Your mice... You want to put a bell on that cat so that you know when the cat is coming? The plan is applauded by the others until one mouse asks who will volunteer to place the bell on the cat. And this is a common uh, refrain. I, I'm, I'm an economist by trade or by training uh, in terms of my education before I became a lawyer, before I went to law school. And this is one of those kinds of fables that is used to describe an economic problem that is generally referred to as the collective action problem, which helpfully Wikipedia summarizes as follows. Now, this isn't the full semester of uh, collective choice and collective action problems uh, being described in economics, but it's a pretty good summary. The term collective action problem describes the situation in which multiple individuals would all benefit from a certain action, but has an associated cost making it implausible that any individual can or will undertake and solve it alone. The ideal solution is then to undertake this as a collective action, the cost of which is shared. Uh, and then it goes on to talk about various economics uh, issues and, and game theory questions that relate to collective action. But the, the, the issue more clearly summarized for this particular concept is this. Blizzard is going to penalize people right now. They're in a penalization mood. They've tried to set a six-month baseline for American University and Blitzchung regardless of the fact that the rules differ between those two parties as well as the actions and when they were taken, they're trying to do that. If you think that Blizzard is the cat here, if you think Blizzard is a bad, that they are acting poorly, that they need to be stopped, then the problem is somebody needs to continue to bell that cat 
They need to continue to go out there and get those bans and cause trouble for themselves that Blizzard can't impose because they are clearly acting recklessly and outside the bounds of the rules that they have put forth themselves. But if everybody does that, if everybody at a Hearthstone tournament or at an Overwatch tournament or what have you all get up and say something political, doesn't have to be free Hong Kong, it has to be anything that's disruptive and says Blizzard ban us all, Blizzard can't do that. Blizzard could, I suppose, but it would be massively, massively deleterious to what they are trying to achieve by selling their goods and services out into the marketplace. So if you have that scenario, you are in this kind of collective action issue, which is, yes, one Blitzchung, one American university, maybe does this, maybe it goes away. If you care about this, if you want to say Blizzard and Activision, you are treating this wrongly. And while we don't think that all of your broadcasts should just be political commentary the whole time, we think it needs to be okay for people to be able to express their individualism. If you're going to have an interview with people, it's important to have those personalities on display. And sometimes that's going to mean you broadcast an opinion you don't agree with. By all means, put a disclaimer on there that says these are not the opinions of Blizzard Entertainment or Activision Blizzard or what have you. But if you think it's important that Blizzard start to treat this more normally and not have these issues with Free Hong Kong, with Blitzchung, with everything else, then it's going to take a lot more people doing it and be willing to take those penalties. And so that's the interesting part of this. It's, a, it's called a collective action problem because it generally doesn't happen this way on a kind of voluntary basis. But if you think it's a problem, that's what it's going to take. And that's what I'm seeing here, especially now that Blizzard has kind of established this baseline. They're going to put out six months. They're going to potentially suspend you. If you do it in a significant way, they might make it even worse for you and your livelihood. You have to be willing to take that hit. Certainly the team at American University was. And it'll be interesting to see if and when how many people going forward decide to do the same. Obviously, BlizzCon continues to be about two weeks away, and that's going to be a continuing part of this story here. The other part of this story is if you look here, I've highlighted now the Activision Blizzard market summary for their share price. You see a dip when this happened, when the Blitzchung ban happened, and you see all of the money in the, in the stock come back over the, over the week since. So if you're looking just at stock price, and Activision Blizzard is an enormous organization, none of this could affect it solely. There's other things that are happening. People getting early kind of concepting on whether or not Modern Warfare is going to be a good Call of Duty game and is going to sell a lot of copies, whether or not Call of Duty Mobile is actually going to be released and be approved in China. All of these things go to stock price. But if you're Blizzard and Activision, you have very limited kind of information about whether or not the internet yelling at you is a big thing or a little thing. And the stock price is part and parcel to that information. And you don't actually have a loss since you undertook this ban. So maybe you think, okay, we're going to be okay. We're going to ride this out. We're going to stick our heads in the sand and we're not going to talk about it ever again. BlizzCon continues to be an interesting kind of uh, place in the sand to see exactly where they, where they wind up. But right now, if you're Blizzard Activision and you're just dealing out bans however you like, regardless of what the rules say, you think maybe you're going to be okay. And if that's not okay with you, that's something that's going to have to take a, a collective action in order to make sure that Blizzard and Activision understand how you feel. And that's been Virtual Legality for today. If you like this video, please like, please subscribe. We talk about these things a lot, especially Blizzard over the last four or five videos. Uh, otherwise, we talk about information technology, software, pop culture, business, and law. If you saw this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it in its podcast form, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode 
of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.